Another close loss for the Phoenix Suns on the second night of a back-to-back at home against the Bucks. Very much a similar story to one we have seen over and over and over between these two teams. We'll break it down on today's episode of Locked On Suns. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen here on this Wednesday. We are here every day for you, every post game, every morning, whatever the case may be, Monday through Friday, bonus shows for recap of games and news on the weekend. So hit follow or subscribe if you're finding the show for the first time, or if you've been here before, but just never thought to do so. That's the best way to support the show. You get the benefit of getting content in your feed every single day. It's a two-way street here. That's how it works. Drop a comment below if you're on YouTube. Give me your thoughts on all things Suns, especially this loss to the Bucks. Gives us a lot to talk about, but of course was not fun in the moment at all. We'll break down Giannis, the free throws. We'll break down how the Suns match up with this team at this point in time. Now that Giannis did play in this game, obviously no Durant. And we'll start with the moment of the game as we always do. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing a basketball franchise, this game is for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the App Store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. More from them later on in the show. All right. Uh... Here's the thing. 116 to 104, the Suns lost this game. They tied it at 97 at the three minute and 47 second mark. I want to, no, 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 no. That is not right. Six minute and 48 second mark. I think I'm getting the time mixed up from last night's game, which just goes to show you how much deja vu there was and a little bit of how loopy maybe I'm going from two late nights watching Suns close losses. But that's where we pick it up today. Um, Josh Kogi made a free throw at that point. I'll get into what Joe Ingles did. Giannis was not even on the court for a lot of this. We'll get into all of that. I want to do something really quick because today, something just doesn't feel right. You guys know, uh, if you listen or watch the show frequently, especially if you watch, if if you've only ever listened, maybe you have no idea what I'm about to do here, but there is something behind me that I just can't sit right with as I do this show at 11.15. Having watched this man destroy the team that I cover, that I care about, Right in front of my very eyes, once again, the memory is too fresh, the wound is too deep, I need to do something. So watch, if you're on YouTube, I will be right back. I'll make this quick for the audio listeners, but I I need to change something about what's behind me, all right? All right, we're retiring the honest jersey for at least one night, but I, I, I could probably see that coming down for, for a little while. Um, it, was, it was frustrating. We'll get into the honest stuff in a second, but in this particular case, here at the 6 minute and 48 second mark, Giannis was on the court, but he left about a minute later. 
So I mentioned Kogi's free throw is what ties it. Uh, right after that, you had Joe Ingles catching Devin Booker napping on a corner three for Pat Connaughton. You then had uh, Connaughton blocking a DeAndre Ayton layup. You had a missed jumper from DeAndre Ayton, which Chris Paul very much had an open jumper of his own at that point, but Ayton had just checked in and he wanted to get Ayton going. That's a miss. He misses then the layup on the next one. Then the Suns get a delay of game. Drew Holiday makes the technical free throw, and all of a sudden, it's a four-point game. The Suns then, oh, the Bucks get the keep the ball. Joe Ingles gets another assist on a pick and roll. Giannis still not in the game if you're if you're keeping up here. And one for Brooke. He misses that free throw. Then you get a, Dev, a Devin Booker jumper that misses. Two more holiday free throws. Finally, Chris Paul gets into attack mode a little bit, makes a couple of jumpers of his own. But in the middle of that, you have a pull-up three from Joe Ingles. Yes, Joe Ingles. And then finally. Giannis Antetokounmpo comes back into the game after Ingles finally misses. So you have an Ingles-Paul duel in the middle of that, but when you finally pop out of this stretch, Giannis checks back into the game two minutes after he checked out, three minute and 46 second mark of the fourth quarter. Bucks are up seven points. And from that point on, Giannis checked in again, 346. Nobody scores for two minutes, basically. And Giannis finally gets to the free throw line on a foul by Ish Wainwright after uh, the team goes up for a rebound. And and it's a, it's a loose ball foul, it's like what it's called, but it, it's just another one where the, the contact ends up going in the direction of Giannis, and, and he ends up being the one to get the call. 24 free throw attempts tonight to just 16 total for the Suns. Giannis 24, Suns 16. Well, again, we'll get into that part in a second. But if you zoom out of what all of that was there, two big things come out. Two bigger takeaways than just somehow a 6'9 Joe Ingles being able to make a bunch of shots. One related to Ingles is the Suns were not able to punish that he was out there, right? And so Giannis not being on the court is one thing, but who was on the court? It was, you know, imperfect players. Guys that consistently when these two teams match up, the Suns are not able to punish in a way that the the Bucs are able to punish the Suns imperfect players like Terrence Ross in this particular instance or Bismack Biombo, right? And so that's one thing. Ingles was guarding Chris Paul. The Suns were not really able to make him pay and they didn't really put much of a fight up against him offensively. So that's one part from a, a personnel standpoint. But again, zooming out even bigger than that, you had Giannis Antetokounmpo not on the floor for a lot of that. And on the night... Giannis was a positive, right? But he was only a plus 11. So he played 35 minutes. He had 36, 11, and 8. All those free throws like we talked about, that is going to be the story of this game. The Suns players were pissed, rightly so, and understandably so. But that didn't decide the game, if I'm being completely honest. Because if you'll notice, the final score was 116-104, to 104, right? So Giannis was a plus 11. The Bucks won by 12. Which means that in the 13 minutes Giannis did not play tonight, the Bucks won those minutes too. And to have that happen in the fourth quarter, when Paul, Booker, and Ayton are all out there, that cannot happen. Okay? Drew Holiday, 4 of 14 from the field tonight. Chris Middleton did not play in this game. Ingles, basically his only effective stretch as a scorer, came right then those are the only two shots he made yes he had seven assists and a few of those came during this stretch too but 
This was a game where the, the Bucks' role players were just able to make plays when it counted and the Suns' role players were not. Now, granted, campaign made a big impact in the fourth quarter. He ends up sitting to close the game. Monty was asked about that post-game, and Monty said, we close with Chris, point-blank, period. We know on opening night that was not the case, but apparently the decision has been made that, that that's just not going to be in the cards uh, for, for somebody like Payne to close. So that's the Bucks' side. That's a little bit more on the personnel. From the Suns' side of this, the reason that this is the moment of the game, aside from the fact that it really was the, the last collision course and, and run that anybody went on, is that Devin Booker, I just think it's fair to say, was out of steam. Now, maybe that's overly simplistic. Maybe, obviously, he would disagree with me, I'm sure, but I was giving him a ton of credit on to online all night. I think his third quarter, once again, just like it was against Golden State to get the Suns back into the game, was magical. I think we cannot, cannot overlook how incredible this guy has been over the past five games. This was another 30-plus point game. I believe that is five straight for him, not to mention what he did uh, coming into the All-Star break, the games with Durant, all of it. He has been awesome. By the end... He played into the 40s when it came to minutes. He only had two turnovers heading into that stretch, so I believe he had three turnovers over the last half of the last quarter of this game, the last six minutes or so of the contest. And again, like we saw against not only the Warriors, but also the Kings, down the stretch of the game, the Bucks know that he is going to be the offense, and they just find ways to make other players beat them. Book had uh, a charge down the stretch of this game. He uh, had a couple of those defensive lapses that I mentioned, but a lot of the time, I'm not going to blame any of that. He, he got a shot blocked by Giannis, but for the most part, I just think he didn't end up taking the shots. And considering the level of difficulty, the degree of difficulty that was happening when he did create some offense in that third quarter, it's not hard to understand why. One, how much the, that run in the third quarter took out of him. He had 17 points on 7 of 10 shooting in the third quarter on all tough makes. That took a lot out of him. But also, it's not just that he was tired. It's that, again, when there's so little easy-to-come-by stuff in the game, it's just asking that much more for a player to put it all on his back. He was tired. The team was geared entirely the defense was geared entirely toward getting the ball out of his hands and it just wasn't going to happen um and then you know Giannis comes in fresh at that about you know three and a half minute mark they didn't even really need him they were able to generate threes and open shots for other players and close it out that way again Giannis was off the court during the main run of this game and the, and the, the Suns lost the non-Giannis minutes on the night Yes, Booker was incredible, but that can't happen, and the role players were a big reason why. Speaking of those role players, but really the entirety of these rosters, my big takeaway tonight has to do with size. And I don't necessarily want to come at you with major negatives when it comes to size. I'll tell you what I mean next. First today's show, guys, brought to you by Ultimate GM. That's right. You've played games like this perhaps before, but this one, if you're a basketball nerd, <laughs> it's the best. We're geeked out. We're thrilled to have 
Ultimate Pro Basketball GM as a new sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network and, of course, of Locked On Suns. If you've ever be dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, well, your dream can come true with this game. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead them to glory. Hire the right coaches and assistants, trade and train players, make draft picks, and navigate your franchise through free agency in the draft. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable online, on the go, as you want, and when you want. Locked On listeners, Locked On Suns listeners, get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use, when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN in the game store to make sure, so make sure to check it out. Download the, the game at probasketballgm.com, scan the code, look it up in the app stores, that's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your GM dynasty today. Talked about the run in the fourth quarter from the Bucs. Let's get into the main takeaway from this game from my point of view, size. And it touches a lot of things here. Um, the Bucs are the biggest team in the NBA. I think in terms of the versatility of their players, the fact that they have big options at every position, that is their strength, that is their identity, that is what makes them potentially the best team in the league, depending on, I guess, what we see with Middleton, although even without him, you know, they're they're formidable. They beat Boston without him, or almost, right? They almost beat Boston without him. Game seven, that series went down to. So we know that about Milwaukee, and we know that right now, and always, under, under Monty Williams and James Jones, the Suns have been a fairly small team. Right, That was their undoing, I think, in the finals. They did not have even a backup center, let alone you know bigger power forwards and all the rest. That all said, we saw that in a little bit tonight, right? But 24 free throws for Giannis. I think uh, most of this game, I'll refresh the page right now, most of this game, no one was shooting at the basket. Yeah, these two teams combined for nine shot attempts at the rim tonight together. The Suns had three at-rim shot attempts tonight. 5% of their total shots. That is in the zeroth percentile among all games in the NBA this year. No one was pushing against the at the rim in this game. And, you know, I think that it's not to say the Suns are necessarily the team to, to really burst out of that awkward game flow and, and do something about it, but not being able to is a problem. So it affected this game in negative ways. What I will say is I actually think that the Suns have better options from a physical wing and forward standpoint with, with the size to match Giannis in particular, but you know, you would, you would say to Portis Middleton, some of these other big forward scorers that they have, they have better, the Suns have better personnel now to do that than they did in 2021. Torrey Craig is an option. I know he looked bad today, but he also was only listed as probable for this game. Honestly, uh, from what Monty said post game, kept referencing or at least one time referenced that injury and then Craig looking hobbled. I'm not sure he should have been probable. I'm not sure he should have played. I don't know, but he only got the 22 minutes. He never really came back into the game after the third quarter because he was yeah, not able to, to use the, the leg as much as he should have, and, and then he fouled Brooke Lopez on a play, and Monty took him out. 
So that's one. That's the typical one, right? That's the traditional one. But if you go back to what the Suns did at the beginning of the game, they started out with DeAndre Ayton guarding Giannis, which is a change, right? Um, you know, in the in the finals, they had Crowder and Bridges at least early in games get that matchup. Just somebody that can stay with Giannis and then Ayton more able to be that, that last line of defense or some sort of rim protection. What we know is Giannis is so smart and crafty about how he drives to the basket that that doesn't really tend to, to do much, I would say, if he's being decisive and if he's getting downhill. And so they went with Ayton. I think that's smart, but it didn't really work because, again, no Durant in, th- in there. They don't have that secondary rim protection. So there's not really a good option. Or there wasn't, right, is what it sort of looked like. Once Craig uh, stopped being in there and the Suns adjusted, we saw them guard Giannis with Ish Wainwright and Josh Okogie both. Aiton never really guarded him the rest of the way because he got those two quick fouls. He was in foul trouble the whole night and they just couldn't really risk it. I think that actually opened them up to a better, a better look. Okay, because Akogi and Wainwright both were able to hold up one-on-one well enough where Aiton was then able to be somewhat of a presence at the basket, deterring Giannis from driving all the way inside, trying to draw fouls, trying to tire himself out, frankly. I mean, I know he, he can do this, but that is one part of it that doesn't always get talked about is if Giannis gets into this foul-baiting mode, that's exhausting, you know? Um... There are going to be games like game six where he just puts it all out there for a championship and he gets 50 points and he gets to the free throw line. He makes all the free throws, all that stuff, but it's tiring. And so what Wainwright and Okogi were able to do is, especially Wainwright, stand him up, not get bowled over, not give cheap fouls that he's not even shooting the ball on, you know, just because you get behind the play and, and he he runs you over. That wasn't happening. And then you're making him think, right? Because yes, Aiton's not uh, a huge deterrent, but he's there and he's at the basket and you're not going to just drive blindly into him. And then you're making him think, you're making him try to pass it. And then you can make, you can turn him over. You can make him settle for jumpers. He took three threes in this game. He missed all of them. He had a couple mid-range jumpers in the second half that he took. Those are the signs that Giannis is tired, that he is in his own head and that you have started to stifle him a little bit. I will say, As much as the negative of Giannis getting to the free throw line was a story of this game, again, the Suns lost the non-Giannis minutes, and he didn't even shoot 50% from the field, right? And so I think that this was an okay performance on Giannis. If you do this seven times in a row in a series, you give yourself a decent chance of beating this team. Middleton did not play. Holiday was not at his best. I understand all that, but those guys aren't killer difference makers on an every single night basis. And so Giannis is the guy. Lopez, in this case, was really the person who picked up the slack and their shooting went hot, right? So that was kind of what did it for them. But I think the Suns did a good job and they feel, and they probably can look at this and feel like they did learn something because think about it. If they're able to put Wainwright on the court at the three spot as that fifth closer or a Kogi, and get a similar level of resistance against Giannis that they did, 
you will also be adding Durant into that, right? You'll be adding another help defender with length and athleticism and rim protection ability in Durant. So think about if Wainwright is able to be the guy, you know, in the extended post in that in that nail top of the key area, those 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 parts of the floor that Giannis likes to operate in. If you have a Kogi or Wainwright standing him up, bodying him, making him think, making him reevaluate and and hesitate plus you have Aiton and Durant as a back line or if that Aiton stuff goes a little bit better maybe he's not in foul trouble early you can keep Aiton on him and Durant is there as that help guy the same way that Aiton was that help guy tonight for Wainwright and Akogi and so obviously Durant makes them a bigger team but this is not ever going to be a big team you know this is not the Bucks. This is not the Raptors. This is not, you know, the 2020 Lakers team that won a championship with size at every spot. Kuzma playing the three and, you know, Danny Green and, you know, on and on. KCP, etc. So this is a small team with disadvantages, but they still, despite that, have some wing and forward depth with size that they did not have in the past. And they showed that they can do some different things against Giannis and they'll be adding Kevin Durant in there. So I know you guys don't always love when I come after these games with optimism, but the reality is, guys, I have been covering a team all season. We have all been watching a team all season that I don't think has gone more than two weeks without with the same personnel all year. It was two weeks into the season when Cam and Chris Paul went out. They handled business for, I guess, about a month that way. Uh, so that that group got a month. No no uh, no Johnson, no Paul, and and Payne really stepped up. Then Book goes out. That's a month. Then Chris Paul goes out at one point. That's a week or two. Paul comes back, but then he goes out again. Payne is out. Shamit is out. They make the Durant trade. Then Durant goes out, and now here we are with this group. It's just not been consistent, and so it's just hard for me to focus on the negatives because one, they're glaringly obvious. They're not deep enough right now. They're missing the scoring and help defense and control over the game and pace that Durant provides. No crap, right? They are losing. They're missing a, a historical legend. They're missing the best player on their team. Duh. I'm not going to say that's bad analysis. So I see a lot of you guys' comments about how I'm just being so positive and trying to find the silver linings. I think that first segment was was plenty negative. But this segment... I understand that they're a bad matchup, but I actually come out of this game feeling like the Suns might actually match up better with Milwaukee now than they did two years ago in the NBA Finals. Call me crazy, disagree, let me know in the comments. I'm happy to talk through it. That's how I feel. We have a box score oddity on the free throw discrepancy. We have one forward who is continuing to be challenged it appears, by the head coach. And then some unreasonable speculation to close things out. All that after one quick break first to tell you guys about the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and of the Locked On Podcast Network and America's number one sportsbook as well. That's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when they sign up. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then place bets on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. Told you guys about the award stuff. Emmanuel quickly, I believe, is still an underdog to win sixth man of the year. Do not Would not be surprised if he won it. I still like Bam Adebayo as defensive player of the year. Maybe that's a, 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 
a, a pipe dream, a fever dream, but that has some pretty good odds on it. Plus games every day, all sports everywhere, all the time. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's go to the free throws in more depth, specifically to what we heard post-game. That is our box score oddity of the night. 24 free throw attempts for Giannis, 16 total for the Suns, 37 total for the Bucks. Very, very skewed. Where I come down on this is a few things. I want to talk about it in the, in the big picture and the little picture. So big picture, I think, and this is actually coupled up with the unreasonable speculation. I think that the Suns have admitted defeat on this. Um, and I don't mean that they're going to, we saw them plenty of times. Devin Booker took a technical foul, arguing calls. He also took an offensive foul, the one that I mentioned in there when I was breaking down the, the close of the game where he just barreled into somebody to prove a point. Uh, you are seeing all these players get, even Chris Paul was sort of getting fed up with the big men, Ayton, Biombo, et cetera, telling them to just keep their hands up because that's all you can do. You could tell he was frustrated. Post-game, he didn't want to talk to us about any of it. He told us to write what we see because he uh, didn't want to answer any questions, get himself into trouble or cause drama or create headlines for Milwaukee. I don't know. But I think that they've somewhat admitted defeat that this is just going to be how it is. You know, I think even Book was pretty reasonable and honest, I thought, post-game about this. He said... He's not trying, you know, he's not going to sit there and lie to us and try to say that all 24 of the free throws that he got, or let's say the 12 fouls that sent him to the line, were all bad. But a handful are. I tend to think that the bigger problem for the Suns is not so much that they don't have a a good means of guarding Giannis, because again, I just told you, I think they actually did a decent job. Not good, not great, but fine against Giannis tonight. So it's not even so much that. I get that that's frustrating. I get that it hurts. Torrey Craig lost a tooth in this game, which I can't believe it took me this long to talk about that. That sucks. I think their bigger problem, I think their bigger frustration, campaign spoke to this in the locker room post game when I was in there. It's that Booker doesn't get those calls in kind. I think that there is a little bit of a problem when you look at Josh Akogi, who, yes, is is he playing a little bit more of an ag- aggressive physical style because that's the role he's in there to play than Booker is? Sure, of course. I guess that's fine to say. But eight free throw attempts for him on a night where Booker had the ball so much, was getting so much defensive attention, and only got three. I think you can understand why these guys start to raise an eyebrow. I think that it's even fair to point to what a lot of I've seen some Suns fans pointing to online, which is, Mikhail Bridges suddenly goes to the Nets, and I think Sam Cooper uh, of the Timeline podcast put this out there and started to really draw attention to it. All of a sudden, Mikhail Bridges is getting to the free throw line tons at the same level as like a, I don't even know, uh, you know, the best like star level players in the NBA. Maybe not Giannis level, but you know, high elite tier scorers get to the free throw line as much as Bridges is right now. That should not really be the case, right? So I get all that. It does hurt. 
I think that's what the bigger problem is. It's not so much that they think that the Bucks should be getting called for infinitely fewer free throws, although maybe there's, you know, maybe they would say, yeah, Giannis should get 16 tonight free throw attempts. We fouled him a bunch, but we didn't foul him 12 times. I think the bigger problem is why is Booker not getting 10 a game, you know? And especially on a night like this, I'm willing to give it to them. I don't think Booker always deserves all those free throws, but I think in this case, he probably did. And I think that's where their frustration comes from. And it is a very large discrepancy, especially when they told us post game, you know, that they're not getting clarity. Monty said the number one thing he says to the officials is, what should I be telling my players about what they can do to avoid this? And and Book and Monty both said they do not get good answers to that question when they ask it. You know, and we talked about this with Luca. We talked about it with Giannis. I think it is a little bit of a problem in the NBA. We, you know, we compare it to Shaq, but with Shaq, he was in the post. Guys were fouling him often because it was their best shot. With Giannis, he has the ball in a face-up situation and he's ramming his shoulder into people. I'm not saying it's always a charge, but I think that there are times where you should just have it be a no-call, right? Because, sure, the defender is in an improper position. They, do, they maybe don't have their feet set in a defensive you know, stance, controlling their space, and, and making it an, a by-the-book charge. I tend to defer to, especially in you know, bing-bang-boom situations, like just don't call anything, and it seems like they want to call offense. I, I don't mean it in like a you know, some sort of conspiratorial way. It just seems like the default I'll put it that way rather than want. The default is giving free throws out. Rant over. The poster is still down here, guys, as you see. Move on. The last thing I want to talk about, because that was the unreasonable speculation, was also, you know, they've given up on on arguing this, and and I don't necessarily blame them. We'll see how they handle it in games. This is also a team they may not ever play because it would have to be a finals rematch, and a lot has to happen to get there. The last thing I will talk about from a Benchmont vibe check standpoint is TJ Warren got first half minutes tonight. He's gotten sporadic minutes here and there. He's played in every game recently, but very short stints. And it seems like Monty wants good decision-making aggressive scoring mentality and defensive execution all to happen from TJ as well as just energy. And there's a lot of nights where he's getting none of those boxes checked. And so if you're wondering why TJ Warren's not playing, I think that's a big part of it. He just doesn't seem like the most confident player, and I don't think that this is going to be a situation that's going to do him any favors when it comes to that. I don't think that the Suns need him to be at his best in order to win a championship or anything like that, but I think that it would help a lot, and I just think it's going to be incumbent on him to come in confidently, execute what's being asked of him, and try to earn minutes. I'm not sure if he'll do that based on what we've seen, but that has been a little bit of a bizarre thing. Very, very minutia. That's why it's at the end of the show. If you made it here, I'm sure you care about the minutes. The people who tuned out 10 minutes ago, they don't, but you do. You care. You you made it here. Uh, I'm sure you'll also make it to tomorrow's show. Aaron Edwards will be here, as he is every week. We'll talk about some of this foul stuff, potentially. Booker's tear, maybe, again, although we did that last week. He's still on one, TBD. Uh, hit follow or subscribe. Get that show in your feed. Get a show every single Monday through Friday, as well as some bonus episodes throughout the weekend here on Locked on Suns. In the meantime, make Locked on NBA your second listen to catch up on the rest of the league. That show's available on all podcast platforms as well, and I'll catch you guys tomorrow.